Welcome to another episode of Two Peas on a Podcast. Counting down movies, music, TV, and pop culture. One top five at a time. And now, here are the two peas. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. You're back to Two Peas on a Podcast. Gerald here with you, hosting, of course. And as always, a guest host is going to be on the mic with me this week. And we have a very interesting topic, I'll say. This is a bit of a brain teaser for me. It was it was one I was scratching my head kind of over and over again. I came up with a list, obviously, that I'm going to share with my guests and with you guys tonight. But he chose this topic. So I want to bring him in here and talk a little bit about what top five we're going to be doing tonight. But David is here from Piecing It Together, which is a podcast that I've been on, uh, remind me, Dave, once or twice. I think I went I, on... I think it was just the once, but hopefully okay, we're getting right. you back sometime soon. Yeah, with Corella, uh, right? We did yep. that over there yep. at your show. And uh, Dave's here. Welcome back, man. How are you? Hey, I'm doing great, and I'm happy to be back on the show. And uh, yeah, this will be, I don't want to say it'll be a fun one, but uh, it'll certainly be an interesting one. <laughs> it will be interesting. Um, yeah, fun might not be the best word. Uh, before we dive into the topic at hand this week, tell everyone a little bit about piecing it together. I'm trying to do this up front on the episodes more often than not for you know guests that aren't on quite as frequently. I think you've been on two Ps uh, twice. I think. I think so. Yeah, yeah definitely yeah, yeah. once. I think twice. Um, yeah, so this is your third time yeah. back. Just tell me, I, I think it's a great concept, and I had a blast when I came on over there. Why don't you tell folks what you do over there and how they can find you real quick? Sure. Well, uh, I'm piecing it together. We take a look at a movie through the lens of what other movies might have inspired it. And so me and my guests, we talk about not just the movie that we're featuring, that we're reviewing, but we get to go on all these tangents talking about how it compares or how there's uh, little things that we can kind of bring up about other movies uh, that explore similar themes or similar filmmaking styles or any kind of connections that we could make. And this way, uh, all these other movies make up the puzzle that is this new movie. And it's a fun, different way to talk about all kinds of movies, really. But uh, also just to, uh, you know, just have a great, fun, unique movie conversation. And you can find it anywhere, you know, any of the major podcast apps and on our website, piecingpod.com. And at piecingpod is me on all the socials as well. I love it, dude. It's a great show. I listen frequently. And like I said, I've been on over there before. So guys, check it. It's it's literal puzzle pieces. I mean, literally. So, you know, you're talking about this movie. And like when I came on, we did Cruella and we discussed all the other movies, you know, that exist out there in the world that we thought maybe it borrowed from or that it was inspired from. And uh, it's a lot of fun to kind of research and kind of like, because, you know, what I might think is a puzzle piece you may have never thought of and vice versa. So that's always really cool. And it's a great concept you have over there, man. So I'm a big fan of it, guys. Make sure you check it out. All of Dave's information will be in the show notes. Now, piecing piecing it together is fun, but (laughs) what perhaps is not as fun as our conversation this evening, although I will enjoy talking with you, of course. Sure. But but the topic, tell everyone in your own words kind of how you would phrase what the topic is this week for the countdown. So we're titling it Gone Too Soon, but the idea was that it could be gone too soon. People who died before their time within the world of Hollywood. And mm-hmm. so I didn't want to just, and, and the funny thing is we'll get to this as we're getting to our list, but most of mine ended up being actors anyway, but yeah. I didn't, I didn't want it to be tied down to just uh, five actors who died before their time, before they mm-hmm. really got a chance to show the world everything that they would be able to do. Um, I wanted it to be anyone. It could, it could include directors, uh, directors, writers, composers, cinematographers, Mm -hmm. anyone who works on film. uh, And this way it would kind of open up the, uh, you know, open it up to all kinds of people. And this way, maybe we would get a few different, uh, you know, entries on these lists. Sure. Well, I hope, you know, you bring some of that to the table because... (laughs) I went pretty much full actor as well. Now, I I didn't necessarily want to do that or mean to do that. But, you know, a lot of times when celebrities pass away, 
you know, what's the most impactful to me personally, you know, and that's kind of what I thought of when I went through this list. And when I compiled it, I can remember all of these folks, you know, when they died, I can pinpoint like where I was in my life, you know, for Mm -hmm. the most part, and just remember it very vividly. And I remember, remember their deaths having an impact on me, much like their careers did. Sure. One thing I wanted to do, David, when I made this list is I stayed away from musicians. Like we're not doing musicians because the 27 clubs, the whole thing, right? Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I'm actually thinking that maybe on a future list, because when I was making this one, there were so many musicians (laughs) that were like rock stars, you know. No, uh, it's I'm, true. It, it's true. I, I thought about Michael Jackson at one point for, right. for my list, you know, but but it's like he's more a music guy. Sure. Whereas yeah. I want people that are more associated with film. So. so that's a little bit into my criteria. But when you were compiling your list, Dave, because, you know, you kind of work in the business, right? I mean, you mm-hmm. you, you are you doing like music for Remind me, is it TV shows you do or? Yeah, TV and right, film, right. commercials, all that kind of stuff. Mostly film, but uh, yeah, I, I compose scores. Yeah, so it's fair to say you're in the biz, you know what I mean? <laughs> sure, yeah. <laughs> Why not, right? Let's just yeah. say it. Yeah, it's uh, all so my what, business card. Sure. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Uh, David Rosen, in the biz. Uh, that's mm-hmm. all it says. No yep. contact information at all. <laughs> Nothing. Nothing. Yeah. So when you were compiling your list, buddy, uh, probably a different mindset. What you know? What kind of went into it for you? Like, was this an easy list for you to come up with, or was it kind of difficult? It it was, I, I want to say it was like relatively easy because there are quite a few celebrity, you know, entertainer type people who, whose deaths really did hit me. And uh, I, I think, you know, you were saying earlier about, you know, ones that kind of affected you personally, like that's kind of the approach I took. Like I, I wasn't going necessarily for like, oh, the impact on the world and right. on the world of, so it was more about me, like mm-hmm. what, what, what death affected me in a way within the world of filmmaking. And so that that's kind of where I drew uh, my inspiration for coming up with uh, people for this list. And I will say, I, you know, maybe it's a little bit of a recency bias, but most of my lists are from like the last 20, 30 years. Oh, okay. Um, Interesting. Cer- certainly there's going to, you know, if, if you're going to bring up some people who might be, you know, a lot further back from that, and I'll be like, oh, yeah, of course, you know. Mm -hmm. But as I was like narrowing down, like these were the ones that I felt like it's you still feel it, you know, I at least I do. Yeah, I'm kind of with you there. It sounds like at least approaching the list, we're kind of eye to eye, Uh, you know, a lot of mine are also in the last 20 to 30 years. I'm trying to do the math in my head. There may have been one or two that may have gone outside that range, but I'm almost 47 years old. So even still, I would have been in my teens Mm -hmm. Um, and it would have been, you know, and it's funny that you mentioned that too, Dave, because I, I guess I'll ask you, but like, I did make this list based on my personal kind of like memory of, of it when they passed and how it impacted me and how I felt, you know, when I heard the news yeah. and, and so on. But then when you, and you, you soak that in and you deal with that, you know, on a personal level, whatever that may be, but then you take that step back and then you can kind of see like, oh, this is how the world's reacting to this. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that makes sense what I'm saying, but it's almost like you reacted to it in a way that's very similar to what the masses reacted to it. But there is one uh, actor on my list that because of how the uh, public reacted to it, it also affected me, if that makes sense. Sure. Do you yeah, get what I'm the, saying? I, I almost feel like it might be one that's on my list as well. Okay. All right. <laughs> but, okay. Yeah. Just the, <laughs> we'll just the way you're describing it. But um, yeah, that, I, I totally get what you're saying. And, um, you know, I'll say one other thing, um, you know, before we're getting into any of this, mm-hmm. but I, I don't know if you did this, but I wrote down causes of death on my list for everybody. And I didn't, but I have a computer in front of me and I was going to okay. start typing. But uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. some of them I probably know, but yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, uh, aside from from one, which was, you know, kind of a natural cause, um, everything else is, you know, overdoses and violence and, you know, and it's just like, oh, it's kind of depressing. I I mean, look, you know, it's, (laughs) you know, you're closer to the world than I am, but I'll, I mean, it's cliche, but fame is a killer, man. I mean, it it is truly, I mean, I was talking about the musicians earlier, like, I think I mentioned this to you pre-recording, if I'm repeating myself to the audience, I'm sorry, but I, I, 
I was going over this list with a buddy of mine at a bar last week, mm-hmm. and we were there. I was like, I got to think of some you know celebrities that were gone too soon, and it was like everybody that you know her and I were thinking of were like musicians or in the music world, and <laughs> literally all of them are because of drugs and alcohol. You know, yeah. and it's just like it's just a crazy, crazy uh, downfall that these that these artists. I mean, fame is a killer. It's the best way I can say it. So yeah. Yeah, that's true. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, Dave is here from Piecing It Together. I'm excited. Uh, I love having this guy on the show. Brings a lot of great insight to it. Let's see. uh, I guess I'll let you get started, being that you're the guest, man. What is your number five Hollywood celebrity gone too soon? So my number five kind of brings up both things I was talking about, recency bias and uh, the the one on my list who didn't die from either drugs or some kind of violence related thing. And it's actually Chadwick Boseman, Black Panther himself. Uh, You know, this is kind of a weird one for me because I, you know, Black Panther, it's great, but like it wasn't like something that I, I just loved. You know, I'm not a big superhero movie guy. You know that. And like, so it's like it, it was it's kind of upper middle tier Marvel for, for me, you know what I mean? <laughs> um, and he certainly had other great performances. I mean, it was Oscar nominated the year he died from Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. He's great in that. Uh, and he is in uh, The Five Bloods, which is fantastic oh, yep, in that. Yep. Um, Get On Up was, you know, pretty good. He's great. Um, you know, but this is kind of, this is what I was going to say. Maybe this is on your list because mm-hmm. uh, the thing was like when the way the world reacted to this one, I don't, I don't normally like get that second hand like it's it's like right. what does it mean to me but not like what does it mean to other people this one it did though Th- this one really did affect me in that way where it was like i just can't believe this is happening you know when when it when it was all like just when the news just kind of came out out of nowhere and of course he had um hidden his his cancer for a long time and, mm-hmm. and nobody knew he was sick and then it just you know all at once just hit the whole world and yeah, it was just so out of the blue, and maybe it's the shock of that out of the blue nature of his death, um, and maybe it's just that he was just really at the beginning of like such it was going to be a huge, huge career that this one just uh, it, it felt so strange to me. It was just like mm-hmm. like the rug's been pulled out from under you, you know, and so it it was like even though um, you know there's not a lot of performances that I can speak to as being like favorite favorites of mine. It's still just, it had that weird effect where it was just like, man, this is just awful, you know? And so right. uh, I felt like it, it definitely uh, should make my list. Well, I agree with everything you said. It's also on my list. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, you nailed it, man. I mean, this was actually the one I was referring to where, yeah. <laughs> where I was at work or something. I mean, cause this is obviously super recent. And, um, I remember going, you know, seeing it like in my feed on social media and going, what? Wow. Like what? Yeah. And you know, it sucked. I mean, I didn't like seeing it, but I wasn't like, you know, devastated. You know, sure. you know what I mean? Like it didn't like floor me when I saw it. Yeah. I was just kind of like, wow, this sucks. Yeah. But as the days and weeks went on and, you know, you saw the grief in the Hollywood community and people that, you know, he had worked with. And, uh, you know, I started watching some stuff that he was in that I, you know, had enjoyed previously and I kind of rewatched them. And it was one of those deaths that really, thinking about it, got worse as time went on. And in other Mm -hmm. words, a lot of the other ones on my list, it was like I was devastated immediately and then I kind of had to recover from that. But, But with Chadwick, it was like it gradually affected me, you know? Yeah. And I think that's kind of similarly to what you were saying, but uh, just such a immense talent that, I mean, obviously we're talking about that with everybody that we're going to mention tonight, but sure, you know, what I saw him do in Ma Rainey's was tremendous. I mean, he lost to, I believe, Anthony Hopkins a couple of years ago for that. Yeah. And um, I'm not taking anything away from Sir Anthony Hopkins. I mean, he was oh, the man, yeah. but, uh, <laughs> but I mean, it was just a tremendous performance and, you know, you can watch some of that, uh, some of the footage from that film and some of his scenes and you can really see kind of the inner struggle that he must have been having and what he was dealing with with his cancer. And then, you know, what I'm going through with my grandmother recently passing of cancer and, mm. uh, you know, just, you know, things just affect you differently. And I guess Chadwick's death is definitely the only one in my top five that kind of affected me over time. Yeah. Uh, whereas the other ones hit me like a ton of bricks at the very beginning. Yeah. 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 No, that, that all that all makes sense. And uh, yeah, I, I feel like there's like this weird 
thing with his death where like a lot of the other people who I picked and people that were, you know, on my overall list that I was picking from, you know, did get to do a lot more before their time came. And it really does feel like the next 10 years were just going to be filled with so many amazing performances from him and just doesn't happen. Yeah. Well, my number five uh, to transition is an an actor that literally died. I mean, when you say gone too soon, that's not even summing it up because it was like at the infancy stages, at least of his kind of big screen career. He died in 1993 from a um, horrible onset accident, but it was Brandon Lee mm. of The Crow and obviously son of Bruce Lee. So, you know, this one hit me really hard at the time because this is an era before social media. And you kind of hear about things from people, which I know might sound sure. weird. Right. Might sound yeah. weird to a lot of the young people listening that are under the age of I don't know forty. But you know, back then in the early '90s and in the '80s, for sure, like you heard about stuff from like other people and word of mouth and. Hmm. If you got, you know, Entertainment Weekly or stuff like that. But I mean, it wasn't like at the second that it happened all over the Internet. And I can remember just kind of being in shock because uh, this guy was the son of an icon, first of all. So, you know, Bruce Lee is is an icon. Nobody's going to refute that, especially in the world of like martial, martial arts and mm-hmm. and. When you see The Crow and you see that movie, it's this kind of goth, like, comic book adaptation. And it's remained one of my favorite films in the 90s. I love it to this day. I went on my buddy Brad's uh, podcast and we did, like, a retrospective of that film. And it's one of my favorite films to come out of the 90s. But it just really, like, you watch him in that movie and you just go, man, this guy is, like a star like i mean we're talking like brad pitt level hollywood career you know if he could have continued on for 20 30 40 years uh which i firmly believe that he would still be doing that yeah. uh, and he had the you know martial arts skills to be able to do the action movies but you also saw the tender kind of dramatic acting that he had to do in that role and i know he had a couple b movies before this which i've seen you know in post i saw those but i just feel like he, he was a star that was I, there would have been no end to what he could have done in his career. You know, yeah. do you yeah. remember the crow or Brandon Lee when it happened or? Absolutely. Yeah. That was like right at my, I mean, first of all, I discovered the cure from the crow soundtrack yeah, and dude. they went on to become my favorite band and like my biggest influence as a musician, but that's another story. But uh, yeah, that, I mean, that movie was such a huge, I was, uh, I want to say 14 when it came out. And so okay. it was like right at that perfect moment, you know? Mm-hmm. And yeah, like you said, it's like the, you know, new, of something like that just kind of travels by word of mouth at that point. It's just such a weird thing. And the way and then, he died, too. Yeah, yeah, it's just crazy. And then, it, you know, it kind of became part of the reason to see the movie, which is just so dark when you mm-hmm. think about it. But mm-hmm. at the time, like nothing like that really happened. And it's kind of crazy that it's still happening. You know, with uh, last year, I think it was with that, the shooting with Rust. Oh, yeah, with Alec yeah. Baldwin, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it's it's just, it makes no sense how something like that happens on a set. But yeah. it does, you know? Yeah, and it's just... I don't know, man. You think of this as like an art form and, um, you know, they're doing it for our entertainment and just such a tragic thing, you know, yeah. that that he died basically trying to create something for us, you know? Yeah. And that's what always kind of stuck with me, too, is like that he did that for the fans, for the viewers, for, you know, readers of, of the comic. You know what I mean? Like, it was just... Uh, I don't know. It's a weird thing. Like if you're a construction worker and you die in an accident on a construction site, it's not like anybody's like, what? How did that happen? Yeah. But when it's something like this, everybody's just flabbergasted by it, that it, yeah. that it was something that could happen and that that's even the realm of possibility. So absolutely, it, it was a tough one to swallow. And I still watch that film probably at least once a year. Uh, one yeah. of my favorite movies of the 90s is The Crow. So uh, Brandon Lee is my number five, which takes us over to you for your number four, buddy. What do you got? Number four, I am going to go with one of the first big ones to affect me as a teenager. It's Chris Farley in 1997 um, at the age of 33. Dude, Just, this is my number four. Really? Yeah, so I'll piggyback <laughs> on you, but go ahead. There you go. But yeah, I mean, he... He was just the funniest. It was just the absolute oh, funniest God. at the time. Um, so good, man. Yeah, just anything he did on Saturday Night Live.
Live. I mean, Saturday Night Live has had its ups and downs over the years, but um, the, anything with him was funny. His movies, Tommy Boy, Black Sheep, even Beverly Hills Ninja I loved um, were all just hilarious. Yep. His cameos were always like the most exciting thing to look forward to, like in Wayne's World and Dirty Work. It, it was just hilarious. And, you know, in recent years, I feel like his life and death have kind of been reframed as being more sad because people realize just, you know, how, you know, depressed he was at the time and, yeah. you know, and obviously the drug abuse and everything and which is what ultimately killed him and uh, is probably a very tortured person. It seems like a lot of comedians are and, uh, yeah. you know, it's just it's just kind of goes with the course, especially somebody uh, somebody like Chris Farley. Yeah, man, just this one really just hit me at the time because it was like, it was like, God, like, of course, like, you know, a lot of people would compare him to like Belushi or something like that. But it's like, that was my guy, you know, at that age, you know, being 17. And, you know, that's like the height of comedy at that moment, you know. And so yeah. it was just uh, it was just awful. And he's still, though, to this day, like all those classic, you know, things that he did, whether it's on SNL or his movies, they all just made me laugh so hard still. Dude, in my opinion, this is also my number four, by the way. So I'll just kind of continue the conversation about Chris Farley. Yeah. But in my opinion, I, nobody to this day has matched his physical comedy abilities. I oh, mean, yeah. Period. I mean, you could maybe say like a Jim Carrey or somebody like that. But I mean, we're talking very, very few people that were able to perform at least physically on a level that Chris Farley could do. Yeah. And he would just literally just suck the laughs out of everybody. I mean, he was freaking <laughs> hilarious, dude. Uh, and why this one killed me, it's a personal connection for me, like literally a personal connection. Uh, in 1994, I went to New York City for a high school trip. I was in my... Uh, uh, schools like marketing club. It was called DECA. Mm -hmm. And uh, we were there doing a presentation and like my team or was competing or whatever. And we're, you know, seeing the sites. We have a free day and we're kind of walking around, you know, Times Square and like whatever, whatever. We had tickets to go to SNL to see uh, the show when it was Christian Slater and Smashing Pumpkins, which by the way, was a great, <laughs> great lineup. Yeah, I bet. But anyway, we're kind of walking around New York City and I see Chris Farley and all the kids in my high school I was in 11th grade. None of them like like, I mean, they knew about Saturday Night Live, obviously, but they didn't know who Chris Farley was. And I, you know, I love this guy. Like, I watched SNL with my dad. I stayed up way too late to watch it every week. And I freaking love this guy, Matt Foley, the whole thing. And I saw him, and he had the little hat on, and, he, you know, like the same one he wore in Tommy Boy. It was hilarious. And he had on this, like, winter coat, and he was all bundled up, and he was kind of, like, walking, you know, doing his kind of, like, penguin walk, you know, he does. <laughs> and I said, hey, Chris Farley. And he said, hey. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he like acknowledged that. Yeah, yeah. I, you're right. It's me. That's and, me. He, and he kept walking, you know, and it, I don't know. It was just like a three second thing. Uh, but as a, you know, 16, 17 year old kid, I don't know, man, it was just like a brush with something I never thought I would encounter coming from this small town in North Carolina. Mm -hmm. I just love that guy so much, man. And anything I see him in to this day, dude, I can't contain my laughter. Like, Oh, and, yeah. and that's even knowing the tragedy that befell him and that he's no longer with us. I mean, he was just such a great entertainer. And I feel like when you're talking about gone too soon, especially in the world of comedy, I mean, Chris Farley is like top tier in this oh, category. Yeah. I mean, he was he had so, so much to do. And a lot of people say John Belushi, which he mirrored in a lot of ways. And I mean, I respect that sentiment, but I, I didn't know Belushi like on an intimate level like that. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't grow up, grow up with him on the TV in my house. You know what I mean? Yeah. So for me, it's Chris Farley. That's also my number four. You, you know, one other thing about Farley is like, you know, we obviously don't know these people or anything like that, but to listen to other people, especially SNL people like Adam Sandler and stuff like that, tell stories about him. Yeah. It just, it, it almost feels like, you know, hearing family, you know, recount stories about other family members who have passed. It's just, yeah, totally. it, it's just, uh, it really kind of just brings a smile to your face, you know? Yeah. Tommy boy, one of my all time favorites, man. Oh, just, yeah. a, just a showcase for that guy. He was so good. <laughs> Oh, man, we crossed up right there. So, uh, yeah, that's also my number four, which takes us back over to you, right? What's your number three, buddy? All right. So uh, I got somebody who's not an actor on my list for this hey, one. Hey, nice. Uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I got composer Johan Johansson, uh, who died in 2018, whose scores are just so incredible and just didn't get to do 
um, enough with his time uh, in, in the spotlight. His scores for uh, three uh, Denis Villeneuve films, Sicario, Prisoners, and Arrival, are just freaking amazing. And I'm sure he probably would have ended up doing Dune. And I, you know, Hans Zimmer's is great and all, but I mean, Denis, Denis Villeneuve's uh, collaborations with Johan Johansson are some of the best scores of the last like 20 years, I feel like. Um, another one is uh, Mandy, the insane Nick Cage movie. Oh, he did um, that? Okay. All right. That score is just one of the best things. It really things. is haunting. Yeah. I didn't realize uh, that was him, but yes, it, I Incredible. Love that. And then as a composer, like, you know, one of the things you need to, um, you know, you need to keep in mind when you're working on a film is when to pull back and not have music. And he actually scored Darren Aronofsky's mother and then decided, you know what, I, I don't think it needs any of this. And Aronofsky agreed and the film has no score whatsoever, even wow. though he is credited as the composer. I didn't know um, that. That's, yeah, so, that, that's hilarious. That, that is like understanding the craft and like what exactly is necessary, you know? Right, that's and, being a part of the team for sure. Yeah, being a part of the team. Absolutely. And uh, he did end up working on some sound design and stuff like that, but no score whatsoever. Uh, he's also released uh, some incredible instrumental music albums over the years. So he is a, you know, an artist in that sense as well, a musician. But um, his film work is what I mainly know him from. And his just combination of, of classic, like big bombastic score with some like heavy synth work as well, like mixed into it. It was just like all the things that I love to hear in uh, in film music. And yeah, just uh, unfortunately died too soon. It's another drugs one. Oh, it, I was going to say, it, it did you appear. tell us how he passed? Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Overdose. It seems like, uh, yeah, an accidental overdose of cocaine and flu medication is what it says on Wikipedia, mm, but all yeah, right. so I we guess know what's mixing going on there. things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah mixing sure. who knows what, but, wow. uh, yeah, just awful and gone. So too his, his most popular score you think would be like Dune or? Uh, no, he didn't do Dune. He probably oh. would have because he had previously worked with Denis Villeneuve on oh, a bunch okay, of stuff. I, got you. I would say Sicario is probably his most known. Sicario. Yeah, I would, I, would okay. I would imagine. Well, I know I love the Mandy score, so. Oh, yeah. Incredible. Um, yeah, that's a, that's the one that I'm not going to have a lot of commentary on because I'm not familiar. But mm -hmm. uh, I know that's also your world, too. So I'm glad you really brought that brought yeah. that to the table because, you know, opened some people's eyes. You know, my daughter is going to film school. I think I told you this to be an editor. And it's oh, just yeah. so many people, you know, <laughs> do these things. It's not obviously just the actor that we see on the camera. So sure, uh, I'm glad that you brought that to the table. So Johan Johansson, right? Yeah. All right, yep. that's your number three. All right, my number three might be considered somewhat of an obvious pick. I'm actually surprised it's not my one, but I guess we'll find out when we get there why I ordered it the way I did. But <laughs> it's uh, Mr. Heath Ledger, mm, who sure. passed, passed in 2008. You know, he had aspirations to be a film director. You know, he had done some direction in like music videos and stuff like that. Uh, died very young. Um, I think he was like not even maybe he had just turned 30 or he was like 31 maybe when sure. he passed uh really young guy i mean the work he did in the dark knight don't even get me started i feel like it's one of the greatest like acting performances at least of the last 50 years yeah but and, i mean it, that performance is so freaking incredible it's, yeah, it, really it, it deserves is. all of the raves you know absolutely man he won the posthumous oscar for that role and you know i think he did really really good stuff and some other stuff uh the patriot brokeback mountain yeah he had a small role in monsters ball where he was really good some really like memorable movies that will stay with me forever like 10 things i hate about you mm -hmm. but he didn't have enough credits i mean he died uh i think he, like i said early 30s but you know a lot of people say the role of the joker you know essentially killed him because he was so engulfed in the portrayal of that character and you could really see that on screen his dedication to that you know portrayal yeah and i think that speaks a little bit to the craft and to how serious he was about it how serious he took it and i already mentioned his aspirations of of doing more you know kind of behind the camera too but yeah just such a charismatic dude an australian guy who you know really lit up the screen whenever he was there i mean the joker aside i mean that was that was a one all-time performance but just generally speaking he was such a a draw you know he was such a magnet for the viewer i felt like and yeah obviously would have had a lot of bright spots ahead if he had stuck around definitely uh 28 by the way when, it was when, only the, 28 wow yeah yeah and and uh, you know really like you're right like didn't 
get to do enough, but at the same time, that is a pretty big list of like really memorable, like yeah, really classic is, yeah. performances. It's pretty wild what he did in such a short amount of time. But yeah, he, you know, much like Chadwick Boseman, I feel like he was like more at the beginning of of what would have been a long, long run of incredible work. And yeah, yeah, no, he, he's a great one. He's actually on my honorable mentions. Didn't make my five, but um. Uh, you know, of course he's, he's, I think he is probably the one that hit the hardest for people of like our generations, you know, really it did too, because it was, it was 08, if I'm not mistaken. And, uh, which is the same year the dark Knight came out. Like I said, he was in the Oscars race and won it that year. Yeah. But yeah, I think so. Because if you think back to like social media too, that was really around that time when it Mm -hmm. was kind of like booming. So these messages were able to spread, you know, so quickly, kind of like what we were talking about before. And I feel like it just was able to hit, at least it hit on such a wide scale quickly. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like people knew about it like that day. And it was one of the first ones that was like that, where it was such a young talent that was in the news because of the Dark Knight and was being revered because of that. And then the next thing you know, he's, he's gone. You know, yeah. so you're right. It really did hit really hard for a lot of people of our generation, for sure. Absolutely. All right, man. So we are up to our runner ups. Dave, uh, you got Bozeman, Farley, Johan, Johansson. What do you got at number two, man? All right. For number two, I have what I would consider to be the saddest celebrity death ever. It's just a awful, awful story. Um, but for one of the funniest people of the nineties, like putting stuff out in the nineties, uh, Phil Hartman. Oh um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Second, Another second, SNL, yeah. Yeah. Second Saturday Night Live guy. There's a lot of, uh, <laughs> you know, a lot of, sure, a lot of things going on around the uh, years of cast from there. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I feel like most people know about the murder suicide by his wife and just how awful and just, just unnecessarily terrible that, that whole story is. But he was just one of the funniest people to ever come out of Saturday Night Live right up there with Farley. And I just feel like even though he was a little older than some of our other picks here, he was 49 at the time, he just didn't get to do enough. Like, yeah, he had all of these SNL bits, you know, his uh, Sinatra impression was hilarious. Uh, his his Bill Clinton, the unfrozen oh, caveman man. lawyer. Unstoppable, dude. All these things are so funny. And then his stuff on The Simpsons as well. He he uh, voiced Lionel Hutz and Troy McClure, who are probably the two best characters on the whole show, as far as I'm concerned. Um, but he just didn't get to do enough other stuff. And he, he clearly had the talent, just the most impeccable comic timing, that face that is just like, no one else has that face. Like, it's just, it's it's so hard to look at without laughing. He's, he's just so naturally funny. You know, I, I didn't realize until we were prepping for this, but he co-wrote Pee-wee's Big Adventure, which... Oh, I didn't know that either. Yeah, so that, that's an interesting uh, credit that he did get to do in his time. But um, aside from News Radio, which was uh, a series that uh, he starred in, he didn't really get to do like his own thing. He didn't really get to... Uh, star in a movie or star in many shows and he's just somebody who really should have gotten those opportunities because he was just so damn funny and from everything I've ever read just so like likable people just loved him I read that um his nickname on SNL was the glue uh, Adam mm. Sandler supposedly named him that uh, because he just like kept everyone together whenever there was like infighting and stuff like that like it was just everybody loved him and like it just sucks that he never got his chance to do something like I could really picture him being like the kind of guy almost like a Bob Odenkirk with Better Call Saul like the the kind of guy who sure, would get to yeah. do like a, a dark comedy kind of thing like where it's dark and thrillery but at the same time it's also really funny like yeah. it just he should have gotten more opportunities like I that. agree I agree with that uh, I don't think age has anything to do with that I agree with you 100 yeah. percent I think he's uh you know you because you get these guys there's there's very few of them honestly where they're like I don't know if this is the best term and I'm not saying anybody's saying this about Phil Hartman but like their career SNL guys like mm-hmm. you know Keenan Thompson would be another one that I think sure tremendous obviously he's still with us but you know what i mean like he yeah he's known for that and that's like kind of like the peak of what he's done in terms of like notoriety i do yeah. remember phil hartman on news radio he was a great character on that show too yeah but i agree with you and i see what you're saying and he was he was such a great i, I definitely one of the best snl alums for sure yeah absolutely phil hartman. so great pick man that's your number two my number two you already mentioned is chadwick boseman mm-hmm. you know this was ironic to me that this 
that he was so high on my list because, like I said, it affected me over time. Um, it didn't affect me initially. And I think that might be as equally impactful because, you know, with what was going on with my grandmother, who was essentially like a second mom to me, Mm -hmm. and just the personal connection of kind of knowing what Chadwick must have been dealing with, you know, the courage that he had to display to be the freaking Black Panther, you know, while he's doing whatever's going on, you know, behind the scenes to take care of himself. And again, like we talked about with Brandon Lee earlier, He's doing it for our entertainment. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. You know, it's like basically a hobby <laughs> that he's yeah. doing, you know, <laughs> and and he's doing it in such poor health and and you would have never known. Like he he just did it perfectly, flawlessly, just as a tremendous talent that, you know, we already talked about, but he would have rose to superstardom, in my opinion, if he'd stuck around for another 15, 20 years. Yeah, completely agree. Yeah. So we're up to our number ones, man. So let's see. I'm excited to see what you got at number one, buddy. Who is your number one Hollywood celebrity gone too soon? Number one is the one that will hurt for the rest of my life. Uh, and that's Philip Seymour Hoffman. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. Just the, the, the best actor, I think, ever. <laughs> and, oh, wow. Uh, okay. Yeah. And I think for me, the obvious number one, um, you know, he was 46 when he died, a uh, heroin overdose. I feel like in, in a lot of ways, his death was like a big wake up call uh, with like the opioid epidemic in this country. Like it was at least part of like the flood of that becoming a big part of the news. But because everybody was like, what? You know, <laughs> like this right, actor yeah. that we all love died of heroin. What? You know, but um, yeah, I mean, just Every single performance was incredible. Of course, won the Oscar for Capote, but um, all of his PTA collaborations with uh, Boogie Nights and The Master and Punch Drunk Love. And then to things like his little roles like The Big Lebowski or Almost Famous, um, being a villain in Mission Impossible 3, which is incredible. The, the most recent one I watched uh, is actually Happiness, uh, which I had never seen before. But oh, it's dude, just how about that movie? Huh? So dark, but <laughs> really God, is. is he good in it? He is really good. You're just, right. Just incredible. Um, every time, you know, every time I watch something with him, actually, you know, a weird thing is like, I, I've never had that thing where like, I can't watch something because it like is upsetting, but yeah. I, I had that with him for like a few years. I didn't rewatch as much as I love his movies. I wow. didn't rewatch any of them. Uh, but it's yeah. It's like looking it, at old photos of somebody's yeah. past or something, right? It's so weird. And I, I feel like a lot of people like get that, but I never really got that before, but I got it with him. Uh, but then I finally had to break it because I, it was time for another Synecdoche, New York viewing, which is one of my all time yeah, favorite movies. Mm-hmm. You know, it just had to happen. Um, but yeah, it, it's just, he, he's, there's so much dark, but like hilarious stuff going on. He's so funny, mm-hmm. so heartbreaking, sometimes scary. Um, right. It's it just, he is just somebody who can do all of that stuff and do it so perfectly. And uh, mm-hmm. everyone, every one of his performances is something that, you know, they're, they're almost like gifts when it comes to the world of movies. Well, it's a great pick, man. It's in my honorable mentions. And you know, one thing that comes to mind with Philip Seymour Hoffman is effortless. Like I feel mm-hmm. like I feel like he literally just existed. <laughs> he was yeah. like the best at it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, I mean, his it wasn't a huge part, but and you mentioned it when you were rattling some films off there. But his, uh, you know, character in Almost Famous, Lester Banks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When he's like mentoring the kid and I don't know, man, just I don't know if it was the time of my life or what, but like that was like the character that like I wish I could just know and like yeah. hang out with. And that's because of him, you know, it's because of the way that he portrayed that character. And, you know, yeah. then you then you have this fragile kind of depressed uh, wannabe in Boogie Nights that he mm. that he portrayed. I mean, one of my favorite performances of his as well. Yeah, oh yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, he's he's a timeless actor that, I, I mean, I just think of him so fondly. And anytime I yeah. see him in anything, I'm like, bro, this you're killing this. Yeah. <laughs> you are literally a master at this, no pun intended. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, he is the master. It. It's the just, truth. But, just uh, nailing you know, it, man. Yeah. You know, to to, to wrap that up on, on a positive note, um, his son, Cooper Hoffman, um, Right, so, yeah. So good in Licorice Pizza last year. I I don't know what'll happen when he gets more roles, but um, I I hope he's got a little bit of what his dad had. It certainly seems like it might be. Yeah, for sure, man. It's like you know that's such an eerie thing too. But you're also like somewhat proud in a weird way. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because that was similarly with um 
Gandolfini son too. When he sure. did, uh, did the film last year. The I can't remember the name for some reason. Kings of uh, what was it? Um, Kings of Staten Island or something like that. No, no, that's <laughs> that was the it. Many Saints of Newark. That, that's, that's completely yeah. different place. Staten Island's yeah. the Pete Davidson one. That's not it. <laughs> yeah, no, we're but not yeah. proud of Pete Davidson. No, he's not on this list. <laughs> yeah. um, all right, so my number one is the first. And the reason I put it on my list so highly at number one is because is the first one aside from Kurt Cobain, which of course we weren't including musicians. Uh, the first one aside from Kurt that I could remember, like I was devastated. Like I was mm-hmm. literally like in my room for a week watching Stand By Me over and over again because River mm. Phoenix mm. passed away in 1993. I was in high school. Uh, I was in I was an emo grunge goth kid. <laughs> Uh, just looking for a reason to be depressed. Yeah, sure. And uh, hearing the news about River Phoenix did it for me because Stand By Me to this day is in my top 10 films of all time. Um, you know, he's a huge reason for that and the, his portrayal at such a, I think he was like 13 when they filmed that. Such a young age. You know, movies like My Own Private Idaho, mm-hmm. I really liked. I feel like I feel like this kid was on the path, and I mentioned Brad Pitt earlier, but a very similar trajectory or like a Keanu Reeves or, you know, any of those actors that came out of the kind of that mid 90s era. Um, he, you know, you look at his brother, Joaquin, even. I mean, Joaquin's sure. an Oscar winner. Literally everything the guy's in, he's like honing the craft perfectly. I mean, the guy is a tremendous actor, you know, and that stuff doesn't just, you don't just grab that stuff out of the water. I mean, it's in the family bloodstream, I feel like. Yeah. Um, and you could see it early, early on with River and what he was able to do in some of those films I mentioned. And the reason it's my number one is because it just literally killed me when I heard about it. You know, the the this would be the mirror if we were doing music versus movies. You know, this is the Kurt Cobain for me. Right. Um, I mean, that absolutely killed me from a music perspective. And this one really killed me from a movie perspective. And I just was such a huge fan of River Phoenix. And I was like, you know, I can just remember thinking like, this guy is going to be my guy for basically the rest of my life. And then, you know, a couple of years later, he was gone. So uh, it was just a really devastating thing for me to get through personally. And I feel like it's just remained one of the most tragic kind of Hollywood uh, gone too soon stories. Uh, you remember River Phoenix when he passed? And Sure. Yeah. And I I think I was, you know, because I was a little bit younger than you. um, It like didn't hit me as hard. Like it was just this thing like, oh, wow, that's crazy. Like, you know, but like it didn't like I wasn't as familiar with his work at the time. But certainly like one of like one of the saddest of the deaths of the 90s, you know, of like of like young people dying too soon. So absolutely, you know, a perfect fit for a list like this. Yeah. Yeah, and I decided to put him at number one because, like I said, it's the first one I can remember. You know, like mm-hmm. when you when you start to try to peel back the memories when you get our age. You know, yeah, um, this is the one that is my earliest kind of memory of being like genuinely sad from it. You know sure. what I mean? Like tears and like depressed. You know what I mean? Like this is the first one, at least that I can recall. So that's why it's my number one, River Phoenix. And guys, if you haven't seen Stand by Me for some reason. Please watch Stand By Me. It was a young River Phoenix playing Chris Chambers in that film, but it's one of my all-time favorites. So It's, it's been a, a while for me. I'm due for a rewatch, like yeah, at least out, 20 man. years. So, yeah. Have you done a have you done a puzzle pieces for that one? I haven't. That that could you be do it like, together? Maybe. Let, yeah, let's, let's talk about that. Let's yeah, let's talk do about it. it. Yeah, that'd be a good one. Yeah. All right, so there you go, guys. Those are our five uh, gone too soon Hollywood celebrities. And when we come back, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we will give our honorable mentions, and then we will head over to social media, Dave, and see what the fans had to say, okay? All right, Sounds good. Sit tight, guys. We'll be right back. Hello, listeners. Did you know that there's a lot more content where this episode came from? As you may know, we are an independent podcast and we rely on donations in order to keep going. Over on our Patreon site, you will find several ways to stretch your dollar. I am currently producing six exclusive series that you can only get there. They include popular ones such as My First Time and 100 G-Tunes. You'll also get regular main top five episodes, just like this one, super early, often weeks in advance. For as little as $1, you can help the show continue. Just visit us over at patreon.com slash two peas on a pod, or you can check the show notes for this very episode. Now let's get back to the countdown. 
Welcome back, guys. As I said pre-break, we're going to give our honorable mentions on our Gone Too Soon episode, and that is Hollywood Gone Too Soon. Dave is here from Piecing It Together. Dave, what did you have over there that didn't quite crack the top five, buddy? So, you know, obviously we were talking about how I wanted the, uh, you know, the criteria to be more than just actors. And so I was trying to think of, you know, people outside of, of acting and uh, I was having trouble, like surprisingly, you know, but uh, one person who, who I was thinking about, though, was Lynn Shelton, who just died a couple of years ago, writer, director. Uh, she's done a, a whole bunch of really great indie film and television stuff. And uh it was just like, just like a bummer because they, they talk about like, you know, the stars rising, you know, she is definitely, uh, one of those. Okay. Yeah. That, that was just a real bummer when, when she passed. Um, sure. an- another one that was on my list, uh, Anton Yelchin, um, yeah. that, that was just like, what the mm-hmm. hell, you mm-hmm. know, um, he had just come off of two roles, uh, green room, uh, thoroughbreds, yep. which are, just, he's so good in those. And of course people know him from Star Trek and other stuff, but, um, it's just so good in those. So it wasn't uh, that another freak, like freak thing too. Yeah. Was it, it like was. a weird car accident or something? Yeah. Like I think his, uh, his car wasn't in park and it ran over him or something. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. Like yeah. pinned him between a brick mailbox or something just like that. Awful, yeah. awful. Just a horrible tragedy. Yeah. I also had Brittany Murphy. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, Brittany Murphy, who doesn't know and love Brittany Murphy? I mean, it's just awful, you know? Um, and then Heath Ledger was my other one, which you already brought up. So, yeah, great picks, man. So, for mine, let me get back to my list. So, I'll just go my six through 10 because mm-hmm. uh, I have five honorable mentions. You mentioned my six, which is Philip Seymour Hoffman, an absolute master. My number seven would have been Brittany Murphy that you mentioned. Mm-hmm. My number eight would have been Anton Yelkin. <laughs> Dude, talk about gone too soon. That kid was like a force. Did you ever see a movie called Alpha Dog with Timberlake? And, um, yeah, a and long was time ago. That, but yeah. He was good in that, man. He really he was like, Bruce Willis was in that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, my number nine would have been Paul Walker from the sure. Fast yeah. and Furious franchise. And I don't know, man, I feel like he wanted to kind of do other stuff <laughs> and he was just locked into Fast and Furious, you know? You, you know, Vin would have never let him go. But, That's true. Uh, That's true. Yeah. yeah. But. And then my number 10 would have been Tupac Shakur. Now, look, I know I cheated a little bit, but he was a tremendous actor. You know what? Uh, Should have been on my honorable mentions because I was considering him when I was making my yeah. list. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't want anybody to be like coming at me like you did do musicians, but I was doing it for his acting career. I feel yeah, like I feel absolutely. like he would have easily at least done both for uh, another several years. He was only 25 when he died. Yeah. Yeah. No, he, he was a great actor. And uh, yeah, those roles, I mean, it's just maybe five or six, but like they all made a mark and proved that if he wanted to, he would have been able to continue on. Absolutely, man. All right. So to wrap up the episode every week, Dave, we head over to social media. We see what the fans had to say. So I just said, Hey, uh, who are some of your Hollywood folks that were gone too soon? They died before their career peak, not necessarily based on age. Patron and friend of the show, Jared Taylor says Heath Ledger, River Phoenix, Brandon Lee, and Anton Yelkin. So we listed all those. All right. Great list. Josh Raglan says River Phoenix is the first that comes to mind. Same for me, buddy. That's why he was my number one. He also says Chris Farley, Heath Ledger, and Chadwick Boseman. Although he feels like Ledger and Boseman were at their peak. Mm. So I don't don't know. I mean, that's that's an argument that could be made for sure. Yeah, sure. Let's see. Hey, look at this. You got uh, Travis Crawford says uh, Anton Yelkin, River Phoenix, James Dean, Mm. uh, Chris Farley, and Phil Hartman. So there you go. Nice. James Dean's an interesting one. Uh, yeah. Do you know off to, Do you know how old he was when he passed? He was probably like in his twenties, though, right? I feel right. like he was I, young. Definitely. The, I mean, that's that's the story, you know. Yeah. So uh, I don't know offhand, though. But um, but yeah, that that is definitely an interesting one. Yeah, that's one where it's like kind of like the because we're talking about our generation, right? Sure. But that's one where if podcasts were a thing fifty years ago, I mean, James Dean's on every list imaginable, you know, because uh, such a young guy that's literally an icon at this point. Yeah. Uh, Joey Austin says Rebecca Schaefer. Uh, do you know who that is? Rebecca Schaefer. I feel like that's a TV actress. Google that, hmm. and I'll keep going through the list here. Okay. You can be my research person. <laughs> <laughs> Joey Mills says uh, he's going to add John Belushi to the list. So that's a good pick. Mm. Oh, yeah. Dan Roski, a uh, patron and top tier or top tier patron of the show, says Bruce Lee, John Cazal, Chadwick Boseman, Heather O'Rourke, and <laughs> and then he says John Travolta. And in parentheses, he goes, one can only hope. Oh, God. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, hey, man. Yay. Wow. Wishing people dead over here in the chat. I don't know. Lauren Scott says Chadwick Boseman and Cameron Boyce. He died recently. Was that the Glee actor? Cameron Boyce. The, See, I don't know that name. Yeah, they're hitting me with these. I feel like that was the actor from Glee that just passed recently, but I could be wrong. Sorry, Lauren, if I'm wrong. Uh, David Powell has a gif of Anton Yelkin. Uh, did you find out who um, who was Heather O'Rourke, or not yeah, Heather O'Rourke, um, Rebecca Schaefer? Rebecca Schaefer. Yeah, she uh, she died in 89. Um, seems like the biggest thing was scenes from the class struggle in Beverly Hills. I, I'm not familiar with her, though. Okay, all right. Yeah. Amanda Inman, a uh, great friend of the show, says John Cazal... Saul Minio, Natalie Wood, and Grace Kelly. Uh, she also says Marilyn Monroe, and then she goes, yes, she's an icon, but I think she could have been one of the greats in her actual acting. Mm. Right. Interesting take. You yeah. Because no. Marilyn Monroe, I, I mean, she's right, because she was a product of not being able to display her acting because of her looks. Right. You know what I sure. mean? And it was kind of like when Elvis was in the movies in the 60s. It was like they only wanted him for his looks and his singing, and he didn't get to really show what he could do, you know? Absolutely. And then we'll wrap up on patron of the show and good friend of the show, Brad. He says, Philip Seymour Hoffman, Brandon Lee, and Paul Walker. Uh, three forces that you cannot argue with there. So, Absolutely. Dave, look, man, this was a... Uh, <laughs> This was a deep episode, brother. It's heavy. But heavy I gotta, stuff. But I got to be honest with you, man. It was a joy to discuss it with you and, you know, to kind of remember these these talents that left us way too soon. And, you know, the one, the one bright spot that I'll say and the one good thing, and I think you'll agree with me, is that their legacy can live on because of mm-hmm. all the stuff they did and all the different stuff you can see and hear them in. And, um, you know, that's one thing. Like when I think about River Phoenix, like when I watch Stand By Me, I'm not sad when I watch that, you know, yeah. like. It really does bring up a nostalgic like happiness for me. And yeah, I feel like, and I feel like that can be the case with a lot of these artists, right? Yeah, absolutely. I don't know. Uh, you know, at the time that we're recording this, uh, just this week there was a uh, video going viral of Chris Farley's entrance on like a late night talk show. Yeah, I saw and that Letterman. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was Letterman, right? And uh, yeah, it's just it's amazing. It's so great. And yeah, all all these people have so many great things we can go back to. And so, it's funny yeah. you mentioned that because I just showed that to my eight year old son. Because I yeah. saw it. I saw it. I was like, watch this, dude. This is what it's all about right here. <laughs> he picks up that audience member, like takes him outside. <laughs> Farley was unstoppable, man. So, Oh, yeah. That was our top five gone too soon, the Hollywood edition. Uh, Dave, just remind them. Thanks so much for being here, man. I really do appreciate it. Absolutely. And I know you had to carve out time to do this, and uh, it means a lot to me, man. But just remind everybody as we're signing off here, where can they find you again online? Yeah, you can find us uh, piecingpod.com and at piecingpod on all the socials and of course find piecing it together wherever you listen to podcasts david i appreciate it man you're you're a gem and a delight and i'll have you on every week if you're up for it (laughs) let's do it all right guys uh thanks for tuning in and we will see you again next week everybody take care no i won't be afraid oh i won't be afraid just as long as you stand stand by me So darling, darling, stand by me Oh, stand by me Oh, stand Stand by me Stand by me If the sky that we look upon Should tumble and